Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I am the Cobra intern that's passing out candy corn to everybody, codename Legion Cub. So my favorite intern, because I love candy corn. I do too, but apparently we are in the minority. So I'm actually a little mad at Mrs. Troublemaker right now because uh, she and my son went to Publix and also to visit some goats uh, that are currently at her mother's house. Don't know why. There are just some goats over there now. They're like, we're going to go see some goats. But at Publix, they bought a little container of the candy corn pumpkins, Mm -hmm. which are my preferred variety of candy corn. Yes. and I, you know, I am very, very strict about what I eat right now, especially after uh, last couple of days, been doing anniversary stuff. So it, I've been eating very poorly for a couple of days, and now this container of of lovely Halloween wonder <laughs> comes into the house, and I, I can't resist that kind of temptation. And I said, "Oh, well, I'm going to eat one." And then get them away from me. And of course, you know, I'm watching. I can't Nightmare. believe they didn't feed them to the goats. I don't. I. That's the you, whole thing about goats. Goats eat stuff. Can you imagine that kind of sugar overload in a goat? <laughs> goats also, are already running all over the place, and they, they're currently they're currently baby goats, and mm. I don't know how they're contained, and I don't know if they're aware that it's difficult to contain goats. But uh, we'll we'll certainly keep everybody updated on the goat related drama uh, as as the show goes on. Uh a little bit of follow-up. Uh, I mentioned last week that there are new G.I. Joe reviews up on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, Zamot, Tomax, and Stalker all went up. And this week, I reviewed the Hiss and Baroness, the Megatron Hiss. And you guys, that transformation. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to getting mine. In January of 2023, which is what uh, Hasbro Pulse says it's uh, slated to ship. So I bet it'll ship soon. I bet you'll get an email any day now that says this item is going to ship early. Oh, I got that for all the other items that haven't that you received. Oh, really? So that yeah. one is not to- yet. Tomac, Zamot, Stalker are all now apparently set to ship, but okay, uh, that one is not. Um. But I will say this, it was, and and you'll see, I did a time lapse in the review, so you'll see, uh, with with occasional pauses for frustration, at one moment, I literally throw it down on the counter, Uh, but you'll see transforming it from Megatron into the Hiss Tank, but I will say this, today, I was able to transform it back, no instructions in like five minutes, because like I understood how everything was like it wasn't a big deal to transform it back so at some point i'm going to do back into the hiss tank to see if the old noodle retains that information i I actually found uh somebody who had reviewed it who was just a transformers fan online um and uh they got to the baroness figure and they were complaining about the terrible construction and articulation on this figure and because they did not understand gi joe figures and i was I, I was this close to just like writing an angry letter in the comments and i said you know what? i'm just gonna close this video yeah and, and yeah. not get angry that's just gonna happen well it's the same thing as 
when people watch my video, I don't care about guns. I don't care. Like, aside from, ooh, this is a cool-looking toy, I don't care about guns at all. And I know Joe fans get frustrated with me for not knowing what guns are, but I just don't care. That's not what I'm reviewing. I'm reviewing, does this look cool in the figure's hand? Uh, so, so I get it. It's different. You know, we all have different things that we're looking for in our toys. And it totally makes sense that if somebody is collecting Transformers and they get this random figure, but they're aware of, like, let's say they are pretty familiar with, like, Star Wars vintage collection figures. And then they get this Baroness that's all, like, bulbous and stretchy. And wh- what is this? Yeah, that, Why that would was you their, make this? Their complaint was, this should be more like the Star Wars vintage figures. And, oh, yeah, was yeah. it really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they quite understood that it was specifically paying that's homage. Right. Yes. Right, right. That's really funny. Uh, but anyway, uh, everybody can check out the Needless Things YouTube channel and uh, my stalker, uh, stalker, my Snake Eyes and Timber version two arrived today. Uh, so I will be reviewing that and comparing it to the first release. I, I had to get it. I like that white timber so much, <clears throat> excuse me, so much. So I'll be checking that one out as well. And that, that art on the front of the box is just beautiful. I'll agree there. I love I've, that. I've started to see the box show up online. Uh, so I don't, th- Oh, okay. We are, obviously reworking our schedule a little bit because i realized there's a whole other week in october that i didn't plan for so last episode one more thing i've got to cover last episode um i mentioned that this week would be the halloween episode and then we would be coming back on november 1st uh with our live stream our news live stream but what I realized is there's another week we have to account for. So this week we're doing another segments episode. We're actually going back around for the things that we pushed back from last week's episode. Uh, and then next week will be our Halloween episode, which actually makes more sense calendar wise anyway. Uh, and then also last week, this was a weird one in the editing for the first time in maybe a decade. I did not go back and check my layers when I put the audio together because, and I literally had to, cause I was so freaking tired when we finished up and I had to get it edited that night. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I've got it done. I've done this a million times now. Let's put it up and we're good. And I get a message from uh, toy reclaimer on Instagram. The new episode is jacked up on Apple. It's got two shows playing simultaneously. <laughs> And I'm fortunately I'm at home when I get this message. And as soon as I saw that, I knew what it was. I was like, I didn't, I left one of the files out. And because we had to cut missing an action into two segments because of the problems that we were having with zoom, I got the second part of missing an action lined up with the first part, but I didn't ever move the first part back in the order of the files. So it just starts playing right at the beginning of the episode messed everything up uh but it's all fixed now it's all uploaded so if you're a listener and you started listening last week and we're like what is this nonsense and just turned it off uh the correct file has been placed and everywhere it should be uh the correct edit now uh but big thanks to toy reclaimer on instagram for for bringing that to my attention i would hate to think it would just be up there forever wrong 
<laughs> and our listeners would be like, well, these dum-dums just don't know what they're doing. No, no, we're just very, very tired sometimes. Uh, all right, guys, uh, any other follow-up? Anything else uh, to throw out there? No, I feel like I was just with you guys. I know, just a few days ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, let's move along. All right, this is a new segment on Audible Interlude, something I thought would be a cool idea and is going to be very easy for us to keep track of, unlike some of our other segments. Uh, We will know what we've covered and what we have not, because we're going all the way back to the beginning of the G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero toy line and covering those file cards in a new segment called Rank and File Card. We're kicking things off with none other than Hawk, the leader of G.I. Joe at the time, although I as a child had no idea of this. (laughs) When did you guys become aware of the fact that Hawk was the leader? When I started reading the comics, which was a good year and a half, two years after G.I. Joe had first launched. Yeah, I I knew from the comics. However, I never had the MMS. So him as a leader never, like as far as my play pattern, it, he was never around. So yeah, I'm, I'm in the it same wasn't boat. anything I, you know, stuck to. Yeah, I didn't have the MMS either. Uh, I definitely didn't know that Hawk was supposed to be the leader until whenever i started reading the comics probably you know around the same time as you know uh so he was not until basically until they released the second version of hawk in 86 he didn't even factor into my play at all yeah i never had the original hawk or mms either as a kid so was it and I know uh, thinking about something like that, we're probably not going to come up with anything conclusive, but I, I seem to remember thinking that the MMS and once again, going back to big missiles, like, like with the, uh, the, what is it? Missile defense system or whatever it is that you've got outside the headquarters, mm-hmm. air defense, air defense. I'm just not into big missiles. Apparently. <laughs> They There's just... probably some Freudian things going on <laughs> with the big missiles. Well, but... the, the MMS, because a friend of mine had it, and I really liked the little control console, but just these giant missiles just didn't seem that interesting to me for some reason. I, I don't know why, and I never, you know, out of all the stuff, because I had an older friend named Peyton, and he got he got everything, usually he got everything a little bit before I did. So if he got something, I would immediately be going home to mom and being like, Peyton got this. I have to have it. And I don't really recall having any like toy envy over the MMS and certainly not over the Hawk figure. Well, yeah, it wasn't one that was like at the top of my list as a kid. I like I was like, all right, that's kind of neat. It's small. But, you know, I wasn't uh, it wasn't something that I had to have. So let's run down the file card. He is, which which the, the lead on this is just funny to me. He is the Missile Commander. <laughs> that just seems like an odd title. 
it's it was a it was a very fun video game back in the year uh, <laughs> back in the late 70s early 80s missile command missile command yep. on the atari yeah. 2600 or at least that's what we were playing it on yeah yeah uh and yes it was one of the better games i think that that and combat i think were the two that my dad and i played the most oh uh, yes and i thought it was the funniest thing in the world to reach over and switch his difficulty to b <laughs> and and he would you know he'd act like he didn't notice for a minute and then he actually would get really annoyed about it at one point, but that's okay. Uh, so Hawk is our missile commander, which doesn't really make you think necessarily that he's the team leader. No, no. He's the commander of missiles, not the commander of G.I. Joe. I mean, isn't Steeler like tank commander? I don't know. We'll find out in a few weeks. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, Codename Hawk, uh, all capitalized. File name, Abernathy, Clayton M. Uh, we're not going to bother with a serial number, although I do wonder where those serial numbers came from. Yeah, um, and and I don't know if they necessarily stayed consistent with, with like different versions of them throughout the years. Uh, I know that whenever I do a costume and I'm getting dog tags made, I'll sometimes make sure I get the, the actual serial number on there. Oh, nice. Not that anyone's ever going to notice, but it's just one of those personal details no, I, I want to have. It. I get it. It's those little details. Um, and I can't remember what the phrase was right now, but I, I when I made a Mandalorian costume years ago, uh, I wanted something specific on the belt buckle. So I went and found the Mandalorian, whatever their alphabet is. There's a certain word for it that I can't remember now. Uh, and I actually printed that phrase on the belt buckle. Nobody's going to look at it. Nobody's going to care about it. But I knew it was there and I thought it was funny. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to remember to check back when once we get to 1986 and see if Hawk has the same serial number. I would imagine so. I can't think why they wouldn't have carried that over, but it is a toy line, and these things don't always stay consistent. Mm -hmm. But this I wonder if Larry Hama had like a serial number generator, like he'd just open up his uh, what Apple Two E. <laughs> what, what would have been the the PC back then? If it, I don't know, I don't even know if that was out in eighty. 81-ish, I guess, is when this would have been typed up. On but, the TRS-80. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> primary military specialty artillery. Secondary military specialty radar. Birthplace, Denver, Colorado, right in the middle of the good old U.S. of A, grade 06. Now, when I was a kid, I had no idea what these grades meant, and I know my dad explained it to me, but I don't remember at all. My dad actually wrote it all out on a piece of paper with oh, wow. like all four, uh, you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, and what each one of them was. Oh wow! So I, I would refer to that when I was ranking my, and actually when I still have all of my file cards that are in a little plastic bin, and they are in order of rank. That's amazing. Uh, so what? So this says that the modern rank of captain is the pay grade of 06. It ranks above commander and below rear admiral. It is equivalent to the rank of colonel in other uniform services. Right. So he is Colonel Hawk, which which it's interesting that they didn't. But a missile commander. So he's above himself. It. <laughs> <laughs> You would think Colonel would be somewhere on this, you know? 
But it's it's yeah. not anywhere. It's just that grade, which designates him as a colonel, but is still interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawk comes from a well-established, parentheses, real-loaded family. <laughs> just... That's such an interesting little piece of information, which obviously we're going to have tons of these in the coming months and years as we go through these file cards. But and it's that's so such funny. an 80s way of saying it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Joes who come from very uh, highbrow backgrounds, as we learned throughout the years. Yes, which worked out, you know, nicely for storylines. Yeah, but it was so, the 80s, and th- this was the generation where money meant everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. In the 80s, kids wouldn't want a, a figure of a character who comes from a, a poor background. I, I, you think about like in, in eighties movies, what was like, think about back to the future. Why is his life better when he comes back? Because he has money. His family has money now. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's exactly really the right. only difference. If we had gotten that live action GI Joe movie in the early eighties, there's a good chance Hawk could have been played by James Spader. Ooh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> there's an image now we should we i'm gonna make a note for a future episode fantasy cast a gi joe movie in 1985 but or something like that. the most cynical fantasy casting <laughs> that we could possibly come up with uh that might get ugly uh yeah well it will it'll be very entertaining though uh, he's a west point graduate top of class and has seen action in a number of trouble spots Graduated Advanced Infantry Training, Covert Ops School, served on Cadre, North Atlantic Range Command, and USA, ENG, COM, EVR, Missile, and Radar Training, classified and qualified expert in M16, M1911A1, auto pistol. All right, so let's go back up to uh, top of class and his scene action in a number of trouble spots. So that almost seems like Larry Hama's way of saying, yeah, he's a spoiled rich kid, but he's paid his dues. Like, it's important yeah. to establish that he's seen action. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and he was, you know, he wasn't in the National Guard. He got sent out to those trouble spots and he's he's been in the line of fire. We don't specify which lines and what kind of fire, but that's all classified. That's what G.I. Joe is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, M16, we all know, is kind of the standard issue rifle of the eight. Well, I don't even think it was. By this time, I'm not sure it was even standard issue, but it was definitely a common one for Joe's. Well, there, and there was a lot of uh, design cues and everything from Vietnam era because the yeah the uniforms were all really. I mean, that's Ron Rudat was basing them all on Vietnam designs, um, and the weaponry was also very Vietnam inspired because we hadn't been in an active at this point. At 75 was when the Vietnam War did and. So that was, we'd been a few years out of being in active military conflicts. Well, by this time we were preparing, uh, you know, for our next war in the desert, although we weren't telling anybody that. Yeah. Uh, so advanced infantry training, covert op school. So the covert op school is an interesting uh, thing as well, because yeah. you don't necessarily attribute that to Hawk. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of that with GI Joe characters just in general, because these are the best of the best. So they usually would have, done a lot of them were airborne when they didn't necessarily need to be a lot of them were you know had like covert ops uh in their in their um, uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for you know what i'm saying training yes yes yeah 
Well, and it makes sense because G.I. Joe, it, you know, at this point in this continuity, G.I. Joe is essentially a covert ops team. Mm-hmm. You know, the public does not know they exist. So it's a, it is a, a different kind of thing than, you know, our brains, or at least my brain, my headcanon is kind of an amalgamation of lots of different things. I don't have one strict canon. Uh, it's like when when the little kid in the one episode of the Sunbow cartoon knows the names of every single G.I. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of up to you whether that's part of your G.I. Joe headcanon or not. Yep. <laughs> uh, so M16, uh, pretty standard issue. And then the M1911A1, I looked this one up because I wasn't positive what it was. And it's literally like if you if you Googled airsoft pistol <laughs> and just found whatever the most generic standard issue airsoft pistol was, it's that it looks just like that. Matter of fact, I have one like this upstairs. Well, I had it with me at dragon con because it was, uh, it's, I just used it for rippers pistol his holstered pistol. Cause you don't know what it is. I, uh, this of course, there's two weapons listed here. He's a qualified expert. And a lot of the other Joe's later on, they got like, all NATO and Warsaw packs oh, yeah, small yeah, yeah. arms. So if you look at it this way, Hawk, Hawk is not qualified with much. <laughs> he doesn't need much. Hey, Hawk, would you like to learn a new weapon? I don't need a new I weapon. A, I got an M16. I got an M16 <laughs> and a pistol. He can just command another Joe to go out and take care of whatever. Well, it's and true. what's fu- what the funny thought about that is, you know, think about like modern video games where you start off with whatever your loadout is. And then as you go through the game, you just <laughs> pick up the enemy rifles all over the place. So would Hawk be like, my M16's out of ammo. There's an AK-47. Uh-oh, I'm not qualified to use that. Yes, I'm out of luck. <laughs> it's such a weird concept uh, in, in modern terms. Uh, And then finally, we get the little quote at the end that's meant to be a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of uh, extra about the character. He is keenly intelligent and perceptive and quite capable of totally selfless acts in support of his teammates. An excellent leader. And that right there, there is your verbiage. And really, if you're a little kid with no context and no outside resources, this is really your only indication that Hawk is the leader based purely on the toy line. Yeah. And again, if you don't have the MMS and Hawk, then you don't ever even see this. And I'm trying to remember if I had a leader, like I I feel like everybody just kind of did missions and worked together. I don't remember designating anybody else as a leader. Yeah. I mean, until I got a Duke figure, um, I didn't really have a character that was really the leader of my Joes. Yeah, I think I was in the same boat. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I just picked like rock and roll or Steeler or somebody to be the leader. Although I will say this, the maybe point man would have been clutch because the vamp was absolutely the vehicle that I used for everything. And Mm -hmm. clutch always drove the vamp and like, it was always leading the charge. So like in a way clutch was my, my motivator guy. Yeah. If I had had a stalker, he probably would have been the leader because he's the one that I kind of presumed was in charge at the time. Um, But 
yeah, that was, I, I can't think of any other character I had that would have been like a leader character until I got my Duke. I had Stalker, but he was the, uh, to be honest, Stalker was more like Snake Eyes when I was, a, he was the guy that handled everything, could do everything. When Joe's got kidnapped, Stalker went out and got him back. Like he was, he was the, I guess my Mary Sue, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> Like he was, he was the, the killer, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't remember there being, everybody just knew what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. There was no leader. And isn't it interesting that as a kid, I didn't feel it necessary to have one person. <clears throat> my, my way of thinking was, well, everybody's just going to know what they're supposed to do. They don't well, need somebody the best to the tell best. them. They don't, yeah, they don't need a leader. These That's are the right. Best. That's yeah, right. It the all Joes... depended on what the, you know, what the mission was. We're going to have to go disarm some lasers. Looks like Flash is the leader on this one, pal. Yeah, but which Flash? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> these uh, these quotes at the end of these file cards were well, that's always what I was my trying favorite to think, part. I, I always had Breaker at whatever I set up as the base. And obviously, he's the one communicating with everybody. But out in the field, I don't... Yeah, I don't know that I had one specific toy calling all the shots well as you know ponch and john were my guys in the base <laughs> so <laughs> and now i meant to do this after we finished talking last week i've got to look up ponch and john and see if i can get those figures on ebay and and hopefully they're not i don't think chips is super high profile right now so i'm hoping maybe i can get those figures for a decent price because now i'm sitting here looking at my headquarters and i need punch and john in those chairs you don't you don't mean that dax shepherd michael pena movie didn't blow chips up into a, a whole new generation shockingly <laughs> it did not and look i was like i'm not gonna lie i i like both of those actors i was actually pretty excited about that movie because i knew how invested uh you just said his stupid name, Dak Shepard. I knew how invested he was in it because he's super into like racing and vehicles and stuff and wanted that. He wanted it. He wanted to make sure that it was an action movie as well as a comedy. And like the action stuff was great, but the comedy stuff was like they 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 messed up the tone. They did not nail it like 21 Jump Street nailed it. I, I can't say I ever got to witness it myself. It's not bad. It's <laughs> it just came not. And went. It's not. <laughs> noteworthy in any way mm -hmm. and it certainly didn't give us new action figures well, which true. is really at the end of the day isn't that really all we care about anyway <laughs> <laughs> did this movie get toys no strike it from the list uh all right guys any other thoughts about hawk's file card i was just saying there like my favorite part of these file cards as a kid was those little quotes at the end because that was what helped me develop you know what the personality of this character was if i hadn't seen him in media yet so um there's a lot of these that i can still like rattle off like i can still remember deep sixes like verbatim to this day so wow i mean the, just great world building by larry hama to put these little quotes on here and some of them were attributed to other joes <laughs> and some of them were just attributed to like nobody and like like in this case right, right. so we don't know who said this but if I had this file card when I was, you know, seven years old, I would have been like, okay, well, now I know that, you know, he's very intelligent and, you know, he's, he's, he's going to risk his own life uh, to save the other Joes. So, uh, you know, I would have played with him that way. 
Yeah, it's funny. I I was very invested in the file cards. I would not open the Joe until I had read the file card. Uh, that that was my I I would sit down and read that file card, then open the Joe, uh, and I kept them all. I I actually for a long time kept the entire card back because mm. I didn't want. I think I cut one out, and and if you look at yojo.com at Hawks file card, you can see the top right corner is like sheared off. And something like that happened with me where I cut it badly. And I was like, well, I never want to have a messed up file card again. So I just kept the whole card backs. Yeah. Uh, trust, trusting kids to cut their own file cards out. It was just a terrible idea. They should have been, you yeah, should have right. been able to punch them out. They should have been perforated. Well, that would have been, that would have made the figures cost twice as much. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I didn't, I was entertained by them and I loved them. But I I couldn't tell you a thing about the only ones I can remember are like, uh, well, well, I'll save it for when we get to them because they're little bits and pieces about certain ones that stick out to me. But I there's nothing, you know, I couldn't tell you anything verbatim back or anything like that. None of them stuck with me quite in that way. Uh, all right, guys, I believe it is time to move on to uh, maybe a little combat scenario. Ooh. And now it is time for Springfield Showdown, where two of my co-hosts each pick a character across G.I. Joe and have them duke it out. And I will choose who's the survivor. Mwahaha! So, Noel, who is your character? For my combatant in this issue of Springfield Showdown, I am picking the youngest ever member of the Detroit PD SWAT team, Shockwave. Now, do you know what Detroit was like in 1987? <laughs> Paul, Paul Verhoeven did. Now? <laughs> well, Paul Verhoeven did, which is why Robocop was set there. And this guy was the guy who got two citations for bravery while serving as the youngest member of the SWAT team in the Detroit PD. He is also the official door kicker. Walter White might be the one who knocks. Shockwave is the one who just kicks down the effing door. He doesn't bother knocking. He once led a special mission involving a family being held hostage by terrorists and single-handedly saved the day. And when the G.I. Joe uh, team was being cut down to just a scant few members, Shockwave was one of the few to survive the juggler's cuts. This is a guy who joined the DEF, the, the, the Drug Enforcement Forces, and took out the headman. And look at him. Look at that. Urban camo, bulletproof vest, balaclava, and a cap. Those are some bold fashion choices. So I'm telling you, Shockwave is the man who is going to not only kick down that door, but he's also going to entertain you because he's a heck of a tenor in the choir. <laughs> wow. All right, Phantom, how can you beat Beachhead Light? Well, that's all well and good. 
Oh, man. Are man, I'm little, not liking my chances all of a sudden. Are we seeing a little bias early on? No, look, <laughs> I that that was great. I'm, I'm very enthused yeah, about Shockwave. But I will say he's going up against the single greatest G.I. Joe of all time. And that is none other than Harlan W. Moore, a.k.a. Snowjob. Snowjob has been shot to pieces and yet still managed to man the gun on the whale to take out the Cobra forces and survived. Snowjob has been shot to pieces and managed to survive a Barovian gulag with no medical attention whatsoever, aside from some filthy bandages. Snowjob is sneaky. It is suggested that he got his nickname more from being a con artist than from having anything to do with the Arctic Ski Patrol, which, by the way, he was an Olympic biathlon contender. So he's sneaky. He tricked rock and roll into giving him money to date Gung Ho's sister, who is only nine. So not only is Whoa. he sneaky, but he's ruthless. <laughs> he's diabolical. He uses demonstrably the best and most reliable firearm the Joes have access to. He's durable. He can survive and thrive and conquer in any environment while wearing a snowsuit. And finally, I heard he likes to drink quite a bit, but he still gets up at 0400 and gets the job done. The snow job, that is. <laughs> Ooh. <clears throat> I can thoroughly appreciate a soldier that loves to throw one back and still gets their job done. However, I gotta give this one to Shockwave for because I I you said snow job, and as much as I love the character, Dave, unfortunately, you set him up to fail right from the start. But he is going to survive because apparently what he's good at is getting shot to pieces. <laughs> That's right. He's living. always going to come back. All he needs is that one lucky shot from atop his skis. And Shockwave is done for. But what if they're not in snow? It doesn't matter. It's been established. <laughs> he can ski down asphalt. He can ski down gravel. He can hook up to a whale and if, water ski behind a whale. If you're in an urban environment and you're running around with that bright white suit and that bright red beard, Shockwave is going to spot you from a mile away. And that's fine because Snowjob can be <laughs> shot a dozen times and just keep going. <sighs> Yeah, I feel like I'm going to pay for this one, but I'm sticking to my original theory. I think that Shockwave is going to riddle Snowjob with bullets. Snowjob's not going to die, obviously, but it's going to give Shockwave enough time to get away. Snowjob's not going to die, but he's going to end up in a Detroit gulag. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably a thing. All right. Wow. Well, the the uh, the Joe Master has ruled. There will be no further discussion. 
Score one for Shockwave. Shockwave. At least he's named after a cooler character. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I concede defeat and suggest that perhaps it is time to move on. Welcome to Beyond the 80s, where we talk about something outside of our comfort years of 1982 to 1989 or so from G.I. Joe. And in this case, we're going to move the clock ahead a little bit, and we're going to go to the year 1994. We're going to talk about the uh, 30th anniversary collection uh, uh, from G.I. Joe, 1994. Now, there was 12-inch figures that were produced this year, but in this case, we are going to stick to our favorites, the three and three-quarter inch scale. Uh, and we're going to talk about those figures. Um, so that was, of course, 30th anniversary of the original G.I. Joe released in 1964. Uh, they didn't make a huge deal about it being the 30th anniversary that year, but uh, they did do a line of figures that uh, at the time I didn't have much interest in because I was not playing with toys uh, in 1994. But uh, in, in retrospect, these figures are pretty cool. And I actually got a chance to pick up, there were four that were done individually boxed um, in the regular line. And then there was a set that was boxed together. Um, I managed to get the Action Marine, Action Pilot, uh, Action Sailor, and Action Soldier all uh, individually boxed here recently at a convention. Um, they were also, of course, in this line, there was G.I. Joe, who was just a mail-in figure. Uh, he didn't have a name other than just G.I. Joe V1. Um, but he was also part of this official collection and, uh, of course, wearing a beret. So definitely cool, in my in my opinion. <laughs> uh, of course, this was this was the Joseph B. Colton, the original uh, Joe Colton figure, um, bringing him into the uh, the lexicon of G.I. Joe. And as we know now, Joe Colton is a, is a big name in the world of G.I. Joe, played by none other than Bruce Willis in a, in a live action feature film. So, um, yeah, I uh, said these were things that I was interested in at the time, but uh, they are it was it's it was neat to get three and three quarter inch O-ring style figures based on kind of those original 12 inch G.I. Joe styles where these are all four of the uh, armed forces get representation here and a couple different repaints, of course, of all of them as well. Yeah, when you brought these up, I kind of knew what you were talking about, and and I remembered them more as keychains that got done later on. Yep. Uh that had the the loop screwed into the head, I think it was, rendering them essentially useless as <laughs> action figures. Yeah, and I remember seeing those at Toys R Us. It was a few years later and you know I thought about getting them at the time, but um but yeah I wasn't into G.I. Joe at the time for some odd yeah. reason. Well 90, 1994 I was uh it was the brief time in my life that i was not actively well you know i say that but i was getting toy business stuff so i just wasn't paying much attention to gi joe at that point uh and even if i had been these wouldn't have been interesting to me because real world military just wasn't a look i would have been into in 1994 uh but looking at them now these are really cool. 
I like them quite a bit, especially uh, the Action Marine, that camo pattern, very similar to the background that I use in a lot of our promotional stuff. So I've got a lot of temptation to buy that guy now. What's interesting to me is the ones with helmets. Uh, the helmet is not removable. Yeah, which is an unusual thing. I'm sure it was cost cutting at the time. Now I'm looking at the Marine and the Soldier. And I'm trying to decide if they're... No, because the Marine has a different chest. Uh, looking to see if they actually have the same body construction. So um, yeah. the the Action Soldier shares uh, upper arms, lower legs, upper left leg with G.I. Joe. So the 1994 male in figure from the year. The upper arms were shared with the Action Marine. Upper leg okay. with Action Pilot. So there was a lot of parts, you know, uh, part sharing between all of the figures in this line. Which, you know, and that's part of G.I. Joe. That's not any kind of big deal at all, especially when you're giving uh, such unique and different paint jobs. Because even uh, between, well, there's the Action Pilot, which is orange and just is awesome. Mm -hmm. I really like that they've got the two different shades of orange with the life vest. And then he's got the map on his thigh. Uh, got a pretty decent head sculpt as well. I mean, it, it's definitely kind of a throwback to early GI Joe. I think by this point in time or by the last year of Joe, the head sculpts tended to look a little bit better than this one. So this one looks like it's intentionally kind of retro. Mm -hmm. Uh but these colors are great, and he is kind of just a standard-looking pilot. A very cool figure, but then his gear really kicks it up a notch. So is this... I believe this backpack, this parachute backpack, is different from that mail-away parachute that we had, isn't it? Uh the mail away parachute i you know i vaguely remember having that and yeah i don't they didn't have that it didn't have like the clamshell piece to it gosh i haven't thought about that thing in years until just now we're gonna have to do a little look in here because now i'm curious i don't know when that thing came out though let's see mail away parachute because unless you know the year it's very difficult. Oh, you know what? It might. Oh, no, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Okay. Oh, and you know, mm. oh, was it not a mail away? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> this is wild. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, airborne assault parachute pack with hit and run. So this is that same parachute, but with a hit and run figure, which is okay. not how I remember it at all. Okay, parachute pack mail order. Uh, much like a real parachute, you pull the pin at the top, throw him in the air, and watch him glide down to earth. Uh, same, yeah, this is the exact same backpack. Same, uh, the parachute is looks different. Like it has, well, this it looks like the action pilot's parachute has no deco. Um, the original has a nice camouflage pattern and GI Joe printed on it. Very interesting. We can do a whole bit about this parachute pack some other mm -hmm. time. Uh, but anyway, yes, this is the same thing as the mail-away parachute pack. Uh, and then he's got the helmet. He's got something very similar to Ripcord's uh, mask, but it's not the same piece. Uh, and then a gigantic pistol. 
And what is it? Looks almost like a musket or something. What is this rifle? It's a very large rifle. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of the. That's like a carbine. <laughs> that's why I'm not a huge fan of the firearms that come with this guy. But everything else, uh, I really, really like. I like the fact that it's a functional parachute. The helmet, uh, the white color of the helmet, is something a little bit different and interesting. You know, we were mm-hmm. talking just last week about how much law stands out just for having that white military pol- uh, mm-hmm. police helmet. Uh, and so this guy's white helmet with the the goggles on it or the visor on it that does not go down, by the way. It's just printed on there. Yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, a paint application. But it lo- looks cool. He's like all geared up. He, he, take those take those weird weapons away from him, and he, he's a pretty cool looking figure. I like it. Uh, and then the repaint of him that came, I guess you said this was in a box set. So, yeah, there was mm-hmm. a box set as well. The box set had uh, five figures in it because it also had the um, the... Uh, the 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 astronaut and the uh the the space capsule oh wow it came with the space capsule isn't yeah that which it? was which is something that i i still want to get my hands on because the first gi joe i ever really had was that mercury space capsule that oh. came out back in the back in the 60s um so i this is this is kind of one of those things that's on my on my wanted list yeah, this the box set is what I remember. I I mean I remember the 12 inch figures. I didn't know about the three and three quarter ones until I went to the first Joe convention when it happened in Orlando, like 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and then I saw this box set. And um it was out of my price range then, and I never thought to go back and, oh. and relook for it. So this box set, this is the G.I. Joe original action team box set. Uh, looks like you could get one shipped for around 120 mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. in my opinion is not bad for five figures in that space capsule. And this is this is meant in box. This is not loose. That's not too shabby. Yeah. Considering this is almost 30 years old at this point. And I guess the fortunate part of this is by 1994, people were already starting to speculate on toys. So this is the time period where, you know, the 95 Star Wars relaunches, and that's when people are really starting to keep stuff meant in box. Uh, We're getting into a time period where it is a little more reasonable to find mint in box items for a relatively affordable price now unfortunately the, if this had come out a year or two later you could probably get it for 20 bucks yeah <laughs> because way more people would have kept it in box but uh not bad not bad yeah i like this set quite a bit i like the repaint of the pilot as the astronaut looks very cool as a matter of fact i prefer the light blue with the orange mm-hmm. uh so yeah the astronaut very cool and all the same gear even comes with the same unwieldy firearms and then we've got a different okay wait a minute okay this is the repaint of the pilot and then the actual yeah. astronaut okay yeah the astronaut a, is a different mold he's called action pilot but he's action pilot astronaut so 
tell us about this guy. So this was a, a completely original figure. Um, the parts on this one were not used in any of the others that I can see. Um, but of course, this does come with that uh, that that box set with the five, and it is meant to go in that little spacecraft. And so, um, so this 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 was definitely something that uh, piqued my interest. He is great because his flight suit has a metallic silver finish and the original um figure that he's based on uh is actually got like a uh silver like foil uh soft goods oh the 12 inch figure right right yeah 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 Yeah, so i mean obviously they weren't going to do something like that for this but it is neat that he was still like kind of a silver color yeah that's great that's a nice touch and he's got the big white space helmet with the visor which this visor does move up and down it's a nice clear Mm -hmm. visor looks great uh, he's got the American flag on the side, uh, and then whatever this business is on his chest, his breathing apparatus or yeah. whatever. He's got to go to space. That's right. It gets crazy out there. You need chest buttons. <laughs> and then we've got two different action sailors. Uh, the black one was the single carded. Yeah, the black one uh, came in. And these were all boxed like old Joe figures, right? Yeah. Like they came in actual little boxes. Oh, but they yeah, are window carpet. boxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, look at this. So it's a great yeah. little... It's, then, it's got a panel. It's got a little history. It's got a file. Well, it's this is interesting. They put a lot of effort into making these feel kind of like deluxe items because it's got an opening panel similar to NECA's products. And not only does it have the history of the sailor in the G.I. Joe brand, but then there's a file card as well on the back of the box uh, with a little biography. Well, it's it's written from his point of view since joining the Joes, I've held the record for personally sinking more enemy ships than the entire third fleet. Like, that's great. So it's this guy like almost kind of talking himself up. I love this. And on the back of the box, what else have you got? You've got a cross cell because back in the day, that was still an important thing. I really like these. I totally understand why these suddenly became kind of a must-have purchase. Uh, as far as the black or the orange, and we'll we'll talk about his accessories in a second. Christian, do you have a preference? I do. I actually prefer the orange. That, for whatever reason, my memories of the 12-inch G.I. Joe as a kid that is the color I remember. I just like the orange because it's something different. You know, we've got Torpedo who has the black and gray wetsuit and looks, you know, different in the way that he looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that the orange wetsuit makes that one stand out as being, you know, very different from the other figures because that's that's what i find appealing about these and like i said kind of why i understand why noel uh wanted to get them 
Yeah, I, I'm not they sure stand what happened out from there. the other Joes. I'm not sure what happened there. We were, uh, I was all of a sudden, I think, booted off the internet, but uh, I was going to grab my my figures here because you're talking about them being in window boxes and oh there you go yeah so they have a they have a a cardboard flap that opens up and you get to see the figure and um the accessories inside and like for the listeners who can't see uh very much like NECA uh if you go to Target you see those NECA boxes that's they function the same way they've got a beautiful foil on the front for the GI Joe logo uh, really, really nice packaging. That, that's what we were when you dropped out, which, by the way, is exactly what was happening to me last time we were recording. Uh, it's it's been transferred. The bug has been transferred to me. Ugh. But they, and they so all have we've like got a, very we've got large crim- accessories. We've got a crimson. Yes. <laughs> um, crimson. I mean this this raft right here is like I mean it's almost like Cobra Night Landing size. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very nice raft that comes with them. So are you green. are you going to keep these mint in box? You know, I haven't decided um, because they are really neat display pieces as they are. And the boxes are in such great shape. But I also like they're really neat looking figures. And I kind of want to set them up and pose I, them. And I got to tell you, if I would, this has happened to me before where I happened to cross something mint in box for the right price. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just get this. And then once I get them, I'm like, man, I'm going to have to buy another set. Yeah, to open. Yeah, I, I'm that the thought has crossed my mind of getting <laughs> seeing if I can find these loose. Yeah, there's usually I'm all about opening, but those boxes, are, I just imagine how good, like how nice they all look on a shelf together. Yeah, yeah, it was, and that's the thing is with something like this, they are they aren't very deep. But they have a nice size to them, so they're so they're a great backdrop for a shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see, what else have we got? Oh, we were talking about our action diver, or uh, action diver, action sailor. I'm thinking <laughs> of Stinky Diver from. Uh, <laughs> action, what the heck was that? The Nickelodeon. Yeah, but what was Action Team now? Oh. I don't know. Whatever. But that that was uh, a different character entirely. Uh, so he comes with. He's got the best gear of anybody. He's got flippers. And one of the first things I noticed about this guy and the repaint uh, are the bare feet. So he doesn't have the little shoes on like wetsuit and torpedo. He actually mm-hmm. has bare feet, uh, which means it would be very painful to plug those <laughs> into the bottoms of his feet. <laughs> uh, but in general, pretty reasonable loadout. Like there's nothing here that stands out as like, oh, this doesn't quite fit. Uh, he's got a spear gun, a missile launcher with a, and the functioning missile launcher is a little, it does seem a little odd for this uh, set to me. Yeah. Well, I but think that's they were what really was in just, Joe at the time. And I think they were all just really just trying to load up the accessories on these guys too. Uh, but he's got wetsuits, flashlight, uh, scuba tank, backpack, and then a sea sled, which is a cool looking little piece. Uh, very, very nice loadout. I like this guy a lot. Uh, and then the orange, we, we were saying when you had dropped out, I think we, uh, Christian and I both prefer the orange color scheme on this guy just because it makes him stand out as, as a little more unique than the black wetsuit. Yeah. Well, and they, you know, they almost kind of pay homage to the two frogmen we'd had in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, one looks kind of like torpedo. One looks a little bit like, like wetsuit. Uh, and then we've got 
our action soldier, which we talked about a little bit. Uh, just, man, this would make, if these had gotten to the point where they were just cheapo figures, these would be great green shirt Joes for your mm-hmm. O-rings. Just a cool standard issue look. Uh, nothing too unique about it, but nice olive drab uniform. Uh, again, molded on helmet. He's got those two shiny silver grenades on his chest, yeah. which I wonder, does the original uh, Joe soldier were his grenades silver? I don't know if they were silver. I remember them being like a uh, just see, like, I like, a, like... like a gray plastic. Let's see. That's what I was trying to. But yeah, what I love I'm, about I'm this guy is that he comes with essentially like his own playset. Yeah, his loadout's insane. Yeah, because he's got this little um, little bunker that he that he can hang out in. Well, and that came in two different colors, it looks like. Which color do you have, Noel? Uh, mine is this uh, kind of dark, dark brown. Okay, I think I prefer the brown to the gray. It just seems more era appropriate for yeah. some odd reason to me. Uh, he also comes with a missile launcher, a, a spring-loaded missile launcher, which, which again, I mean, that's, that's what was in Joe at the time, so they probably felt like they kind of had to include that because that was it was just what the line was so and while these are special anniversary releases they were still part of the gi joe line uh and then with the rifle and handgun that are oversized and weird okay it looks interesting so the same soldier came in that box set so unlike the pilot and the sailor the soldier and the marine were both just the same figure and yeah they did they did not repaint them okay okay well that makes a lot of sense but they do come with all the same accessories and i guess that uh the single carded one came with the brown walls and then the box set one came with the gray accessories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then let's take a look here at this GI Joe, this Joseph Colton. Now, do you have a Joseph Colton? I do not have the Joe Colton. He was, do you uh, have interest in having a Joe Colton? I, I would take a Joe Colton. Yes. So he's a mail away. So he may not be, he might not be quite as cost prohibitive as the next one we're going to talk about. I'm going to look him up while you talk about him. Okay. Well, so he's uh, Joe Colton. I mentioned earlier, this is the, who in GI Joe lore is now the original GI Joe. Uh, his code name was GI Joe. He is wearing a kind of a standard uh, olive drab uh, fatigues. He's got a couple of uh, grenades on his belt, it appears, but uh, he, I mentioned he is wearing a grenade. Uh, he's wearing a beret on his head, so uh, definitely uh, has some sway with me because of that. Came with a just a single black machine gun, so he doesn't have quite the accessories 
that the rest of these guys have. Uh, he doesn't and, need it. No, no, he doesn't. He's the original G.I. Joe. He just came uh, bagged initially as the mail-away. And, of course, there's the convention version, which was in a box. He is the G.I. Joe limited edition Green Beret. So but it the looks convention like convention version that I remember doesn't he have a completely different head, or am I thinking of something else? Uh, it looks like it's the same version, uh, just in different packaging. Interesting. Why do I remember a bearded one without the beret? I ne- I'll have to look it up later. The uh... so. It looks like if you just want the figure, you can get it for around 25, 30 bucks. Uh, if you have to have his ginormous gun as well, which I personally don't because it's almost as big as he is and I yeah. hate it. Uh, I think it actually is longer than he is based on that picture that says all geared up. <laughs> it's preposterous. Uh, if you want him complete, it's going to be around 55 to 60 bucks. But if you want just the figure to have, uh, you can get it for around 25. Now there is one was, so this is funny. Uh, one was sold for 40 bucks, still in the bag, sealed in the bag. And then there's another one that sold for $500 in the bag. What? And I'm trying to figure out if there's any difference. <laughs> this looks like the exact same thing. On August 24th, somebody paid $500 for it. And on uh, September 1st, somebody paid $35 plus $5 shipping. I got to think this $500 was a fake, like a fake bidder that never paid. Yeah, it's probably one of those. If it was a buy it now, it may have been somebody who had a ridiculous buy it now price on it, and someone was just like screwing with them. Because I see that happen sometimes. Oh yeah, and it is it is a buy it now. Yeah. Wow, eBay is just the pits. <laughs> eBay is a cesspool. It's and terrible. not and not the cool Cobra character. You're right, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, the I think of my favorite thing about this GI Joe figure is that he is definitely inspired by the original G.I. Joe uh, toys from you yes. know, the 1960s. His, the, the face is definitely molded to look like that. He's even got the little scar on his face, which is of course the kind of the trademark. Yeah, I think I'm going to grab one of these. Once we're done recording, I'm going to get on here and do a little bit of hunting and get a good deal on this guy. I, I really would like to have one of these. Uh, and then finally, the last one, and the one that I found the most exciting and compelling because of its attachment to a real-world thing that I had no idea existed, we got to talk about the fighter pilot, which was a uh, collector's convention exclusive. Yes. Okay. Did you guys know about the G.I. Joe skydiving team? No. <laughs> I, I only found out about them recently whoa okay so if you're listening to this uh i can't remember if i put the picture up on instagram yet or not i might have been i think you did okay there is a picture on the uh audible interlude podcast instagram of the gi joe skydiving team and they are incredible and i want one of these jumpsuits so bad (laughs) uh so this fighter pilot is based on the look of the G.I. Joe skydiving team. And he is awesome. The logo on his jumpsuit 
the GI Joe on the leg, the red, white, and blue on the sleeve. Um, this is just so cool. I absolutely love this. And then he's got the same loadout uh, as the pilot, but his parachute has deco on it. It's a black parachute with the silver GI Joe logo and a star. This is fantastic. And I can't even imagine how well, much and this one says goes that there for. were two versions of the parachute. One was silver and black, while the other was white and blue. So oh. one was available to the officers club. Uh, white and blue was available to the officers club. Silver and black were available to both the officers club and the enlisted club. Oh, okay. Well, I would rather have the silver. I wonder. And black. Let me see. I guess. But it looks like I'm not going to have any tell. because a, a quick eBay check. There, there, there's not even one on eBay right now. Wow, that's a bad sign. <laughs> well, would you give him up if you no, had him? No, never, never. Oh, what's funny is I tell uh, Chalkline, a uh, company that makes uh, licensed clothing of different pop culture stuff. They do a lot of wrestling stuff, but they have also released GI Joe gear. We've talked about it on the show before. I tagged them in that picture that I put up. And they they put a I can't remember they put an emoji response up of of something or other, but I said Chalkline, you need to make these jumpsuits. <laughs> my favorite I, I thing went about to recreate the recreate uh, that photo so badly. My favorite thing about the skydiving team is that they they were pretty good with uh, Zap and Scarlet and Duke, and then they got Al Borland from Home Improvement <laughs> to be Snake Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> You are not wrong. <laughs> That's the thing. Like when you look at the action figure, I mean, yeah, they have the the deco jumpsuit down to a T. His facial sculpt is happier and has more life to it than the, the promo humans? photo of the the, the skydiving <laughs> team. I mean, they just look like. <clears throat> Uh, they look miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're trying to look. They're trying to get tough, Joe. Tough, right? Uh, we, we weren't '90s extreme yet. I'm now looking at this this fighter pilot, and uh, you know, comparing it here with the skydiving team. And now I want to make this costume. Oh, so. I I very yeah, badly I, want us all three to have this jumpsuit. Where to 2023. <laughs> we need a scarlet with us too i i i bet you i could talk my wife into joining us i i'm fairly certain she'd be we in just bed. have to yeah. figure out how to crash the joe photo shoot by jumping in from above <laughs> and not breaking our legs uh but yeah i'm not even kidding like if if you can yeah noel you're our you're our costume hookup if you can figure this out uh i will certainly We'll, we'll all pitch in and get our, get them who have whoever does it make four of them and and if any of our listeners out there have any more information or any memories of seeing this skydiving team i want to hear about it because until dave shared the photo i had no idea this existed and this absolutely seems like the kind of thing that would come through the kentucky state fair well and this this will be it'll be younger listeners, you know, people around 10 years younger than us, those, those nineties Joe fans mm -hmm. that will have possibly seen this. 
because as we've mentioned, this was, you know, 94 was kind of outside of our awareness. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, 30th anniversary, all these figures are very cool. I would love to have a little 30, 30th anniversary subsection in my collection. And I'm, I'm going to start. You, you've inspired me here, which uh, on the one hand, cool. On the other hand, curse you. <laughs> especially <laughs> you to for buy this, more things. Well, especially for this fighter pilot, though. This is going to haunt me. Yeah, he's a really, really cool figure. All right, guys. So I believe it is time to wrap things up. This is Knowing is Half the Babble, where we each get a little bit of time to talk about whatever we want. Uh, and I'm going to kick it off this time and discuss Super 7's G.I. Joe reaction figures just a little bit. We're in kind of a weird place distribution-wise with the reaction figures because a couple have showed up at Target, but they haven't showed up. It, I don't know what's going on with them because the last three waves of these, all of the retail-friendly ones, which are the non-troop builders have showed up at Target at the same time, and I bought the entire set in one shot. And then the Troop Builders, same deal. I, I've ordered them from Big Bad. I think I ordered all of them from Big Bad and just got them all at once. This wave, it's not going down like that. I've been to two different Targets, and all I've seen are Shipwreck, CoverGirl, and uh, Snake Eyes. I have not seen anybody else in the wave yet. And the Troop Builders... At Entertainment Earth, I would because what I did is I'm I got really paranoid about the bat because I do believe the bat is potentially going to be the difficult one to find in this wave because everybody's going to buy that. Yeah, that's a troop builder. So I, I got hit with a little bit of FOMO, so I went on Entertainment Earth and I pre-ordered the bat and three of the female Cobra figures. And two days ago, they shipped me the bat. And one of the Cobra females, the other two have not come into stock yet. So there's some kind of weird distribution. I know it's crazy to think we're talking about toys and distribution problems <laughs> here in 2022. Uh, but there is something weird going on with the allocation for, for this wave of reaction figures. And I don't know what it is. And I'm sure, I mean, obviously they're all going to show up. Uh, but it is just odd to me that they've been so consistent so far. And now with this one, there seem to be some hiccups going on. Have you guys seen any of the new ones at Target's yet? I don't think I've been in a Target in about a month. So, no. Oh, wow. Uh, your Actually, life is very different from mine, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I stopped at the Target by the house uh, yesterday evening. And they've restocked. And I believe there's quite a few older figures like there's a duke on the peg there's red ninja there's lady j but there's baroness who i'd not seen before even though i know she's a little older and there's the a black suit baroness. the black suit baroness yeah yeah i feel like i've seen that i feel like you're right they have been restocking that wave very interesting well, like I said, I'm sure they're all going to show up. It's just a little weird that, that this this time around seems a little different. 
Uh, Noel, what is your babble? So uh, I, uh, you know, as a, as a kid, I was a big Transformers fan. And still am to this day. Um, when uh, in uh, like 1985 or so, they did uh, a line of reinforcements from Cybertron, which were mailaways that you could get. And this was the only time that you could get Reflector um, as a Transformer. Oh, then, wow. I remember this. Well, mm-hmm. and they also had these things called power dashers and yes. if you remember the power dashers the the one picture they showed you in that catalog this thing looked like just this dumb clown and you did not want it in your collection it had a sticker for a face it just looked like every knockoff transformer <laughs> in the world um but the the strange thing is i realized it wasn't up until uh, joe fest this past year i don't think i'd ever seen a power dasher in person and what <laughs> And when oh. I saw that thing for the first time, it was like half the size I thought it was. And I actually just recently acquired all three of the original Power Dashers. Um, and uh, they're, they're a lot neater than I, you know, ever dreamed they would be as a kid. But, uh, but yeah, I also did not realize up until recently, they actually did like modern tributes to the Power Dashers with like updated articulation. So um but yeah, uh, just it's one of those things where you saw it as a kid, you, you kind of had a, a, an idea of what it was in your head, and then you get the thing in your hands, and it's like, it's this big. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I recommend if you if you passed on these in the past, you can get you can get them individually. They they're they're not super cheap, but uh, you can get them at a decent price if you um, if you scout the internet hard enough. I remember finally seeing. I can't remember their names, but eventually, I think it was like in college and went to a yard sale in Cincinnati and I finally saw one. And what surprised me was the amount of metal they that actually, they used. They, I don't think they have a lot of, um, I know the drill windows. And that's the other thing too, is that they only showed the jet one. And there was a mention in the catalog that said, power dashers are constantly changing. So, you, you know, yours might differ from this. And so it, it was, you know, years later when I was on the internet, I was like, oh, there was a drill type and an F1 type. So there's a car, there's a drill tank, and then there's the jet, which was the one that was in, was in the catalog. But the jet mm. was the, the jet's probably not the best one to display because it's the one that had the sticker face with the clown nose. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it just turned me off of that. And I'm still wondering why Hasbro did, used that one as the, the one to put into the, uh, I was going to send my hard-earned robot points into Hasbro (laughs) to wait four to six weeks for this thing to show up in my mailbox. Power dashers. As soon as you said reinforcements reinforcements from Cybertron, that just set off a flare in my head because I I very specifically remember that. I mean, mailaways were the coolest thing. Oh, they were, were, man. They They really were. They're just not feasible now which is a yeah. shame the jet that's the one i'm thinking of yeah yep. i think that one's all plastic is it all plastic yeah yeah hmm it's got it's got those chrome parts and a lot of them you'll get the chrome and the you'll get the chromes all off and the and it's just yellow underneath but if you get ah. one that's got good chrome i've got one with decent chrome now and you know it, it doesn't look too bad hmm but he's little bitty yeah and had no clue that they had updated those yeah well christian what is your babble okay hasbro 
I know you listen to our show here. They love us. <clears throat> and I know you have had some issues with uh, some of your crowdfunding picks in the past. <laughs> so I want to throw something out there to you. It's Halloween. It's It's been on my mind quite a bit. It's time for you to finally do an update to the Monsters from Inhumanoids. Oh, yes. With modern sculpting, they, I don't think they don't necessarily need to be in scale to six inch figures. I'm, I'm cool. No, I specifically just... don't want them in scale to six inch. I want them as part of the Joe O-Ring line. Yes. I want them as part of the retroverse. Remember? Eh? <laughs> yes. That retroverse that we're going to hear about any day now. <laughs> What we're going to hear about on 1027. There you go. That's my That's, call. They're like, we saved all the O-ring news for, for I'm calling my shot now. We're going to get the announcement of O-ring and humanoids as part of the retroverse at 1020, on 1027. Updated sculpting. It, it, we've come a long way since the satanic panic of the 80s and parents freaking out over monster toys. So I think there is a bigger market out there for them, for people who didn't even grow up with it. These are yeah. just awesome looking monsters. So come on, toss us a bone, a decompose, <laughs> a tendril or two, and a Metlar. I don't have anything cutesy to say for Metlar, though. So yeah, that's my babble. <laughs> I want some in humanoids, and I want them now. Yeah, greatest yeah. toy line of all time. Let's do it. All right, guys. Well, that brings this episode to a close. Our music is by Andy Samford of electricminnowmusic.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast, and that is the best place to get in touch with us. You can send us a message. You can tag us in photos. Uh, do whatever it is you, you need to do to show your support for audible interlude and also check out our stories because i've been trying to on a regular basis put in links to our t-shirts that are available on the needless things t public store uh we've got the audible interlude logo and then we've got ai pod a gi joe podcast available now uh, and if you've got any shirt designs you'd like to see any concepts if you're an artist and you think hey i could do a cool audible interlude shirt hit us up we'll work with you uh you can check us out on twitter at gi joe audible and Christian, tell us where we can find those lovely photographs of yours. You can find me on Flickr.com and Instagram under the name Legion Cub. And Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming club. And uh, we raise money for a great charity called Canines for Warriors. So if you ever see us at a convention, then uh, check us out. Throw a few bucks our way. It goes to a fantastic cause. Hey guys, thank you so much for once again sitting down and talking about G.I. Joe. As always, yo, Joe! Cobra.
You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.